the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Indeed it is, and hour number two is underway at uh, nine minutes past ten o'clock on AM 1420. The answer, it's Thursday, the fourth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks again to Chris Long talking about religious exemptions. Very big event tonight in Wadsworth. I highly recommend if you are going to be forced to take one of the big pharma profit jabs that act as pseudo-vaccines, um, and you're looking for a way out, and you want to know about a religious exemption, a very important presentation by Pastor Long and by Representative Scott Wiggum tonight in Wadsworth. Go to ohioca.org for more information about that at 7 o'clock. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk to Mark Pukita. He's a Senate candidate, and he's got some firsthand experience with wokeism in the wake of pseudo-vaccines with Ohio Health. He's going to tell us about it at uh, 1035. But right now, let's welcome our regular Thursday guest at this hour for commentary on the news of the day, and his own work is uh, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is a uh, past university president. He's a best-selling author. He is a radio podcast host in Oklahoma, and he writes a weekly column for the Washington Times, which apparently is good enough to be read by readers of the Times, but it's just too vile and too dangerous for people to read on Facebook. Isn't that right, Dr. Piper? Yeah, these, uh, you know I'm angry. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I've been hit by Facebook again. They actually canceled, banned me from participating in any Facebook dialogue conversation or postings. I couldn't even like something if you posted it, Bob. They wouldn't permit me to do so for the last four days. And their reasons for this, I violated their community standards by writing my most recent column for the Washington Times. Uh, these, these people have lost their minds. I'm being fact-checked by some Berkeley graduate with, with blue hair and a nose ring in a dark room in Facebook who's reading my material and telling you and everybody else in the world that they can't read it. That should frighten everyone. 
Well, what what makes Facebook the most? By the way, how long is your jail term? Your Facebook prison term? Is it is it still ongoing? I, oh, you just I, got I, out. No, I just got out until I say something else that this blue haired nose ring Berkeley graduate doesn't like, and then I'll be banned again. Well, I have I have firsthand experience with that. I've been banned the first time for 24 hours, the second time for violating their community standards. It was like three days. Then seven days was my longest I have had. I know a lot of people who have been elevated up to 30 days and so forth. And the, the most troubling aspect of this in a, in a nation in which all of its citizens are granted First Amendment protections of the freedom of speech the worst part is is they don't even have to tell you what you did wrong. They just say it was a violation of our community standards. It's our call. Our it's probably not even a blue-haired nose ring person making the call. It's probably the way the algorithm that was set up by the blue hairs. And by the way, that's kind of a weird euphemism because you blue hairs we usually think of as a not, not so nice term for older people. Uh, but but the <laughs> you've seen Ber- pictures of me, Bob. You know I have great hair. <laughs> but the but the Berkeley grads you're talking about, Doctor Piper, build these algorithms that flag certain words, certain terms, and when somebody reports you, with those, and, and, and that's how this usually works, somebody who doesn't like you and doesn't like your column just has to report you to Facebook, the algorithm grabs it, they look for terms that they don't like, and then they just tell you, violation of community standards. You can't complain, you can't ask for a hearing, or if you do, chances are you'll get a hearing scheduled for long after your, your suspension has ended, so they basically have you kind of held uh, held in purgatory forever there but dr piper that's the biggest problem for me what in your article specifically violated a community standard of theirs they don't have to tell you they just say banned sit down and shut up and we'll let you know when you're out of jail and exactly right bob and and you know in my article i quoted terry mccullough when he said i'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually make their own decisions i don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach quote unquote I quoted the Washington Post, who said parents don't have the right to shape their kids' education. I quoted Randy Vintengarten, who's the American Federation of Teachers president, who chimed in and applauded McAuliffe and the Washington Post by saying, great peace on parents' rights. I quoted the National School Board Association, who we now know colluded with the White House in labeling you and me and every other conservative, common-sense parent in the nation a domestic terrorist. And then I quoted Barack Obama, who said that all of this outrage is a fake culture wars and that we don't need this. And then I just concluded in my article by saying all of this sounds shockingly similar to Joseph Goebbels, who said youth belong to us as well, excuse me, youth belong to us and we will yield them to no one. That's what my article said. So I quoted several Democrat leaders. I quoted a former Democrat president. I quoted the Washington Post, a liberal publication, and I said, should you be concerned that what they're saying sounds an awful lot like one of the most evil men in recent history? Youth belong to us, and we will yield them to no one, and I get banned. So I can't quote the left, and I can't say that Joseph Goebbels is an evil man. You can't read that. Yeah, I I think 
and, and, and you know, that's again my struggle here is they don't tell us directly what they see as being wrong. So we have to sit here and try to figure it out for ourselves. And if I'm trying to put myself into the shoes of a Birkenstock wearing Berkeley grad with a nose ring and what they may have set their algorithms to to detect, chances are it isn't the quoting of McAuliffe or the quoting of Joseph Goebbels, but it is the comparison of McAuliffe to Goebbels that they would say, well, you can't call Terry McAuliffe a, a Nazi. You can't uh, talk about t- talk about uh, the minister of propaganda of the Nazis and, and put him in the same vein as, as Barack Obama or, or the gubernatorial candidate. That's probably what they would say. And the hypocrisy of that, of course, as you know, Dr. Piper, is that the the left fills Facebook for four years and still continues to fill Facebook pages with all kinds of insults calling Donald Trump Hitler himself, among many other terrible things, including including the Prince of Darkness. They've called him Satan, and that's okay. But you refer to McAuliffe in, in the same vein as Joseph Goebbels, and suddenly they've got a problem. Absolutely. They can put out a poster of Donald Trump with a Hitler mustache, and that's okay. But I actually make a historical quote and a comparison between one person's language and another person's language, and that's unacceptable. You have that comedian, what was her name, that holds up a severed head of Donald Trump, and that's not uh, a bad thing, but yet we're being accused today of being more vile, and more repugnant because we're chanting, let's go Brandon. That's more vile and repugnant and more profane than holding up a severed head of Donald Trump. I mean, these people have no consistency. They are hypocrites at every turn. Well, Duplicity is the only thing they know. Let's let's go there and take this to, to the world of Brandon, um, because we need to talk about let's go Brandon, and we need to talk about hypocrisy, because you talk about what the things that they said about Donald Trump. You know, Robert De Niro on a stage at the Tony Awards uh, says the words F Trump, but he used the entire word, not just the first letter, not once but twice, and got standing ovations for 30 to 40 seconds from a crowd filled with Hollywood liberals. And that is on Facebook and is no problem whatsoever. Whatsoever. Uh, you had what you just mentioned with Kathy Griffin with the severed head. Uh, you had another one, which is a rap video that was done in which uh, they circled Donald Trump and, and, and stabbed them to death, a la Julius Caesar. And that imagery of killing the president is okay, too. But you write something. Oh, I'm sorry. But conservatives rally around the let's go Brandon phrase, which is the, uh, you know, the safe for work uh, version of blank Joe Biden, which has become the, you know, the, the, the chant of the year at, at college football games and NASCAR races. And they're screaming at us for vulgarities. They're telling us we shouldn't use such vulgarities as let's go Brandon, which doesn't contain a vulgarity. It merely stands for one. If you know the backstory. I agree. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a prude here. As a conservative evangelical Christian, I'm not going to go buy a Let's Go Brandon shirt, because I know what it means, and everybody that looks at me knows what it means, and therefore I'm just not going to wear it. So I understand if you're a conservative a person, you think that... Sorry, sorry, continue, please. I, I, I understand if you're a conservative person, you don't want to wear the shirt, or you think there's a problem with the chant. But for the left to make that claim is nothing but rank hypocrisy, as you just pointed out. Right, and and that's the part of this, you know. And as for me, I'm not as uh, I'm not as uh, I don't want to call you prude. I think that's insulting, but I'm not I'm not that um, 
bothered by by using the phrase let's go brandon because it is a, a gentle way of saying you know we reject you joe biden we reject everything that you have done to this country and it's there in fact dr piper that i'd like to go next uh in talking about how the people of virginia did the same thing when they said no to terry mcauliffe they said no to everything joe biden kamala harris barack obama the dnc that they have all done to this country over the course of the last 10 months since inauguration so I want to talk about the election result, and I want to talk about what you think that means going forward. Let's do that after this short timeout as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, it's 1022 now. We continue with Dr. Everett Piper, who has uh, just... And, and I understand it, said, you know, he is an evangelical Christian and he does not believe in uh, the message of, of Let's Go Brandon because of what it stands for, but um, understands that it's not the left that should be complaining about that because of the rank hypocrisy. Now, Dr. Piper, I want to defend my use of Let's Go Brandon, and I'm thinking of adding it to my email signature line, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's in the works. That's classic. But... But, you know, I mean, well, I certainly, and I'm a Christian, too, and I'm a Catholic, and I, I certainly don't want to engage in that kind of language either, but I don't think it is that language. Again, it's a substitute for the language, but yet it's what the people of Virginia, I truly believe, said to the Democrat Party on Tuesday night. Virginia, as you know, is deep blue. I said the other day it's navy blue. That's how dark blue it is. It is not close to being purple. It is very, very Democrat and very, very partisan. Donald Trump lost by 10 points there just 12 months ago. Um after 10 months of Biden, uh, Biden's America, or Brandon's America, if you will, even the people in blue state Virginia said no more of that. I, I think Biden's policies were in play. I think Kamala Harris's policies and absenteeism was in play. I think Barack Obama's fundamental transformation from behind the throne uh, was in play. All three of them came to Virginia to ca- campaign for Terry McAuliffe. So all of them were in play in the person of Terry McAuliffe. And the people of Virginia looked up and said, let's go, Brandon. We reject that. We reject what you have done to families, to schools, and so forth. What does that mean to you, bigger picture, Dr. Piper? I think you're spot on. And um, I, uh, I'm i going to agree with you. They did. They said, let's go, Brandon. In other words, in Everett Piper language, they said, go pound sand. Joe Biden, you can go pound sand. Democratic Party the overreach of you oligarchs that are telling us that we are deplorables, that we lack gray matter, that we are now domestic terrorists. You just came out and colluded with the National School Board Association to label us domestic terrorists because we have concerns over the pornography that you're peddling to our kids in your schools. And then you come out and tell us that they aren't even our kids, that they're the states, they're the government, and that we should stay out of the way. They turned around and went to the voting booth and said, let's go, Brandon. Or, again, in Everett Piper language, you guys can go pound sand. And I think of the, the, the story in Genesis, which arguably is one of the most aggressive stories of God's judgment on corporate sin, on community sin. It's the story of Sodom and God's judgment of Sodom. But there's a silver lining to this very sobering story of God's judgment. And you know what it is? It's this. Abraham pleads with God before he actually rains fire and brimstone down on that city. He pleads with God and says, 
if I can find just 50 righteous men, will you spare the city? God says yes. And then Abraham knows, like, probably can't find 50. So if I find 30, will you spare the city? And God says yes. Abraham actually narrows it down and keeps saying, well, 20, 15, and then Abraham says, God, if I can only find 10 righteous men left in the city of Sodom, will you spare the entire city? And God says, yes. The moral to the story, Bob, is this. There are still 10 righteous people left in America. There's a lot more than that. And if we rally together to do our job as obedient followers of Christ, standing in the defense of human liberty and freedom and righteousness and justice, what is true and good and beautiful, I still believe we win. God will spare the city for just 10 righteous souls. I just wish I had Abraham as my contract negotiator because he's good. (laughs) 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 He got God from 50 to 10, uh, which is very impressive. And you're right. There are still, uh, you know, enough good people left. And I think that's what Virginia showed. Kamala Harris said in her campaign for, um, uh, for Terry McAuliffe a few days before the actual vote that she believes that this Virginia result will indeed carry through to 2022 and to 2024 and beyond. Now, of course, she thought that meant because they'd win. Uh, is she right anyway? Will a Glenn Youngkin but, win carry through, like she said, whatever the Virginia result is, will it lead to similar results next year, 12 months from now in the midterms and beyond? Well, from her lips to God's ears, I hope, and I pray that she's right. And I do believe that if we rise up in enough numbers to overwhelm any fraudulent vote, which apparently is what just happened in Virginia, and apparently is just what happened in New Jersey with, did you hear about the truck driver who beat out the most powerful state senator in the state? Yep. Yep. He spent 150 bucks on a Facebook ad or whatever, and he beat the guy. God is still in his heaven, okay? And all we need to do is fight the good fight and to continue to stay the course. And I believe that God is on the side of the ten righteous souls that still want to protect their kids from this debauchery and those people that just know what the truth is and that when Barack Obama lies to us and said that this is fake, we know that that's not true. We can understand the reality before our eyes. No, we do have a little bit of gray matter left. And we understand the difference between up and down and left and right, bitter and sweet, good and evil. And we actually understand the difference between a male and a female. And forgive us for voting that way. Dr. Piper, since you brought up protect the children, uh, I'm reminded Jesus said suffer little children. And boy, suffer they will. I want you to spend the last two minutes talking about the now uh, available Pfizer profit shot in child-sized size doses for children age, ages 5 to 11. Parents all around this country are dragging their kids by the arm to in front of their doctors because they have been scared to death uh, and making their children, who are statistically non-factors, in the COVID spread or in illnesses or in hospitalizations or in deaths, statistically, statistically insignificant, in fact, and yet parents are dragging their kids to be experimented on. As the FDA, in granting approval for child vaccines, said, we don't know how safe they are, they are and we won't know until we start giving it out. That's the way it goes. Can you, can you, how do we protect the children if their parents won't protect them? I, 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 it's a stunning. I, I don't know that I have the answer for those that are dumb enough and gullible enough and obedient enough, compliant enough. I mean, we're following the Pied Piper 
to, like I said, we're following the Pied Piper in my article. His melodious tune has mesmerized all of us to believe that the lie is true and truth is the lie. And that's true on the vaccine issues, too. It's true on the COVID debate. Uh, the only thing I know to do, Bob, is to continue to do what you're doing and what I try to do and what others listening to your show are trying to do, and that is speak the truth to culture. Speak the truth boldly and have confidence that at the end of the day, truth will win. Truth, the light of truth will illuminate the darkness of the lie if we just stay the course and do so with courage. Yeah, and it's going to take courage and it's going to take wisdom, uh, too, uh, you know, to get through to those who have been, uh, you know, like you said, following like sheep or, and I think maybe frightened is the one other word. They're frightened. They've been frightened into compliance, uh, believing their children, their children are going to die or their children are going to get them sick and they're going to die or the children are going to get grandma and grandpa sick and they're going to die if the kids don't take these non-vaccines, these, these pseudo, uh, pseudo vaccines. Um, and I think all of those things, it's going to take a lot to, to overcome that and uh, and to make people wise up before they go and subject their kids to that experiment. Dr. Everett Piper, I appreciate you very much, sir. I'll uh, I'll end our conversation rather than with a let's go, Brandon, as I do with most of my guests these days, and I'll say go pound sand to the American left. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Piper. <laughs> okay. Take care, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, sir. 1030, news time now. We'll come back. We've got updates on the mandates for American employers with 100 or more people. We talked about this with Chris Long. Apparently, OSHA is ready to make this official starting on January 4th. I'll give you the details as I understand them next, and then we'll talk to uh, Senate candidate Mark Pukita about it, too, on AM 1420, The Answer. Just because the president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be. The Bob France Authority, keeping you politically coherent. On AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1036. I've got a lot of work to do here in the next 24 minutes before we're done. I'm going to get some help from a guest here in a second, Mark Pukita, who's a Senate candidate. But I started the show today wanting to go into some depth on the insanity of the 5- to 11-year-old versions of the Pfizer uh, Big Pharma profit shot. Uh, that is now available and is being pushed by Joe Biden and being pushed by uh, everyone on the political left uh, and sadly being uh, practiced by parents, by ignorant, ignorant, very ignorant parents who are dragging their kids to get this shot in their arm knowing full well that the FDA has said we don't know if it's safe for kids or not. Literally, those are the words of the FDA. We don't know if it's safe or not, but the only way to find out is to put it in their arm, so we'll let you know after the fact. I wanted to do that, but now we have this. Um, apparently, we talked with Chris Long about this in the first uh, hour of the program, about uh, the January 4th being identified by Joe Biden as the date of the uh, business uh, mandate taking effect. If you are a business with 100 or more employees, you have to have your staffs vaccinated. It's going to take effect on the 4th. And I said, yeah, but until it's an actual order given by OSHA or as an executive order, it's not that's something that you have to comply with. They're just trying to scare businesses into compliance. Well, apparently, that part is going to happen. According to uh, the report here from NPR of, other pl- of all places, the first rule issued by OSHA 
Occupational Safety and Health Administration covers companies with 100 or more employees applying to an estimated 84 million workers. Companies must ensure their workers are either vaccinated fully against COVID-19 by January 4th or produce a negative COVID test at least once a week. And, quote, the rule will take effect as soon as it's published in the Federal Register. So apparently that's what they are preparing to do, is publish this OSHA rule in the Federal Register, which will make it an effective um, uh, order. That's when, as Chris Long said, it's going to be up to state attorneys general and governors to follow through with their promise to file an immediate lawsuit and get an injunction on behalf of uh, workers who have absolutely no need whatsoever to take this jab against their will. Apparently, there are somewhere between 16 and 25 attorneys general and governors who have said they will join that lawsuit. Uh, it will probably be filed sooner rather than later. So that's, you know, one potential uh, holdoff that we have here. And by the way, if you say, well, if it's got to be one or the other, I'll take the, the weekly test. Just so you know, according to the same report, that would be at your expense, running upwards of $80 per test. So once a week, 80 per, per week, that's another $320 a month out of your pocket if you don't agree to take their big pharma profit jab. So that's where we are right now. That's the update. It's getting serious when it comes to the uh, mandate. And joining us now to respond and react to this and more is uh, Mark Piquita, Senate candidate for the Republican primary fight to replace Rob Portman. Mark, good to have you back on our program. How are you? Glad to be back. I'm great, uh, Bob. I didn't mean to cut into that much of your time, but this is kind of breaking news. It's just all being spelled out right now, what's happening here. Do you have a reaction? Before we talk about Ohio Health and about uh, uh, your experiences that I reached out to you today on uh, your reaction to what I just shared. Well, it's wrong and it's unacceptable. And it's uh, a ploy, I believe, by the Biden administration to further uh, put a noose around uh, independence for uh, American citizens, that they be dependent on the government. And if you don't uh, fall in line, you end up either having an expense that could put you out of business, bankrupt you, mm-hmm. or can put you out of a job and do the same. So it sure seems to me that the Biden administration is either saying get in line or get out as conservatives. Yeah, I think that's... Uh... I think that's that's well said, um, and and it is about control. Um, it is about taking away some of the liberty of the the American people. It is something that Barack Obama, you know, bragged about wanting to do when he said he wanted to fundamentally transform this country back in two thousand eight. It's continuing now under under Joe Biden with 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 Obama behind the scenes. Liberty is under assault. My question is is how much of this will the people take before they push back, Mark? And and what I mean by that is at least to to say, stay specific on this issue. You have to be fully vaccinated to keep your job. You have to be fully vaccinated by January 4th to keep your job, or you're going to have to pay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're a business that doesn't make your employees do that, as you say, they're going to fine you out of business. Are they going to continue this in the same way if they come to say, you know, that fully vaccinated two-shot series there really isn't fully anymore. It's just not as effective as we thought it was. You're going to have to have your boots booster by by April fourth. You're going to have to have the booster after that by August. How much, Mark, will 
the American people stand for here before we before we say we don't know what in the living hell they're pumping into us every three months as they call them boosters. Right. So we know they're not vaccines. They're experimental uh, treatments, right, this mRNA. The American people, I don't know about the American people, Bob, but I've been to all 88 counties in Ohio. I'm talking to people every day about this into the evening, late into the evening, early in the morning. I believe we are close to an absolute, um, I, I guess I could call it a revolution. People are just being pressed to the edge. I've got people calling me sobbing about these kind of things. And I will tell you that we have a feckless Ohio legislature. They should be getting ahead of it. They should be passing some kind of legislation to nullify anything like this and let the Biden administration take this to the Supreme Court. Let's get everybody on the record with a vote and let's see what our feckless Supreme Court will do, including our our worthless John Roberts. Uh, yeah, uh, sadly, that is very true. He has become very, very worthless, and it's a very, very big disappointment. I thought it was a good pick at the time that it was made, but that's where we sit. Now, let's talk about your situation. Mark, I reached out to you this morning because I read your Facebook post in which you claimed that, quote, I learned this morning firsthand that Ohio Health is about is more concerned about being woke than following science or treating patients. They're a facade. So this obviously falls right in with the subject matter right now. Can you tell us right. what you're talking about, what's your experience here? Sure. So a number of years ago, I had an aortic valve replaced because I had the genetic to, you know, bicuspid valve as opposed to a tricuspid valve. And so what that meant is it stopped functioning as usual. I was at about 50%. And it was found during a, a typical annual physical, right? I felt absolutely no symptoms. And so I had that replaced, and so now I'm going to a cardiologist. I had absolutely no arterial, like, heart disease. It was just that valve. So I went to go for my annual cardiologist uh, exam the other day, and I walked in, and, you know, you check in at this bank of, of receptionists, and they take your insurance information, and they handed me a mask. And she didn't say put it on, so I took it, and I went and sat down in the waiting room. A few minutes later, she comes up, the same uh, woman who checked me in, she comes up and she tells me I have to put the mask on. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And she said, and, and I asked her politely, I said, just please leave me alone. And she refused. And she said, well, you're going to have to go outside until we can find you a room, right? So I went outside. I'm out there maybe 10, 15 minutes. I'm making some phone calls, taking some phone calls. And no one has come out. So I walk back in and I sit right near the, 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 the side door that I had gone out. And I'm just waiting. And then the doc, one of the doctor's assistants comes down and she says to me, I understand you don't wear a mask. Will you just wear a mask up the elevator? Now think about that. By yourself. I think what she was, in, yeah, I think what she was insinuating, well, with her, I think what she oh. was, and she was masked. Uh, and I'm sure she's vaxxed if she's still working at Ohio Health. Uh, well, there's probably 50-50 chance, but, not, but I would guess she's more than 50-50 chance she's vaccinated. So she wanted me to wear the mask up the elevator. And then I guess once I was in the doctor's suite on the floor upstairs, I, I didn't have to, to wear it anymore. Okay, that was theatrics. That was designed to keep, I believe, everybody else in the waiting room from kind of standing up and saying, we're not going to take this anymore. So I said, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't make a scene, right? 
So she goes, well, let me go talk to the doc. So she goes up and talks to the doc. She comes back down with another, an RN. She was an aide. And we start talking about it. And they're like, well, you do a telehealth visit. I'm, li- I'm like, listen, the doctor is right upstairs. You're talking to him. I came here this morning to see the doctor face to face. I'm not doing a telehealth visit. And then they said, well, there's just no way we're going to be able to do this. And I'm like, great. And I left. Okay. I didn't make a scene. I just wasn't going to fall under the boot of these people. Mm -hmm. And these are people that are supposed to be healers, Bob. And Ohio Health is so woke and so bent on social justice programs that they, they have totally lost the plot in terms of what their mission is, and that is to heal people. Well, um, you may have to talk more about the social justice part, because that's obviously a different subject than this. Um, but let's stay on this part of it. Uh, first of all, I don't think Ohio Health is in particular any, particularly any different than most of the others, including UH and including Cleveland Clinic and the other um, medical centers. Um, they're all pretty much doing the same thing. What I don't get is is you know not only are they protected as you say by being by working there they're almost 99% sure certain to be vaccinated so what do you have what are you afraid of they're wearing a mask which is supposed to protect you what are you afraid of but but what i would like to ask all of them mark and i'm sure you would too is do you believe in medical science you're working in a medical facility here and if you believe in medical science can you please point to me one single randomized controlled study that shows that masking stops coronavirus in real world practical use because these cloth masks that they want you to put on do nothing to stop coronavirus uh, particles from going through or going from the, the gaps out of your cheeks or going through the part over your nose and out by your eyes and into the air around you. It has been proven countless numbers of times. They don't stop it. So if you believe in medical science, Nurse Ratchet, what are you doing here? Why are you giving me a hard time? Let's do our our visit, right? Right. I I had that conversation with them, and and the only study, and you know about it, I'm sure, the CDC did a study, and it says masks are at best 2% uh, efficacious. Well, that's within, I would believe, the, the, the range of error for that kind of statistical analysis. So it essentially says that masks are useless. I mean, these virus particles are aerosolized. They're one-four thousandth of width of a human hair. Can you get a human hair between your face and that mask? And, oh, by the way, when you're steaming up your glasses, what is that? Those are droplets, which are much bigger than aerosolized virus. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, Mark, we're talking with Mark Pukita, who is uh, sharing his experience at a a doctor's appointment. Um. On the side of the box of those surgical masks uh, that they want to hand you when you walk in or they demand that you wear, it literally says, does not stop spread of coronavirus. I'm paraphrasing it, but I've seen it. It it literally tells you this is, this is, this is not going to do that. Surgical masks are not to keep every particle in your, uh, you know, in your system contained with inside of that mask. Doctors wear surgical masks when they are performing surgery so they don't spit inside an open patient for crying out loud. So they don't, so they don't, uh, you know, they, they, I mean, literally these things do not, they're not airtight. They're not hermetically sealed around their cheeks and their noses. Um, those are, those are to stop physical things from actually going 
you know, into potentially into somebody that is being, uh, you know, surgery is being f- performed on. So you look at the look at the labeling, you look at the studies, they can prove nowhere that masking does anything except what? Virtue signal and make people feel safer because they've been told the opposite, that these masks do stop it. And if you see somebody in one, then you feel safe when you're around them. This is all psychological um <sighs> I don't know what the word is. I don't want to call it a psychological torture, but it is a psychological experiment that they're playing on people. Yeah, and I believe that about you know a good portion of the U.S. population has literally had a psychotic break because of the fear that they've been under. So if they're weak, they were weak mentally starting this. They've actually cracked, and that mask gives them a false sense of security, just like a child's you know security blanket. But think about that waiver on the side of those masks, Bob, or, or the lack of the waiver, the warning. They, they, that's on there because those producers don't have a waiver of liability like the vaccine manufacturers do. So they are saying, we're going to tell you this doesn't protect you against COVID-19 because they know it doesn't. And you'd be able we you or I would be able to sue them if we got it, whether we'd prevail or not in court would be another question. Well, we would be able to sue them saying, I wore the mask and I got COVID-19 and you didn't tell me it wouldn't protect me. So they put it on the box. But but we've got these manufacturers of these vaccines that are killing some people who have a complete waiver of liability. Think about that. Well, that's one of the biggest problems that I have, uh, you know, with with all of the COVID precautions and COVID mandates and everything else that are being put in here. There's there's no liability for the manufacturers, and obviously there's no liability when it comes to the uh, manufacturer uh, of and the uh, and the and the distribution of the actual profit shots. Uh, let me ask you that to wrap this up, Mark. It's already ten fifty one, but real quick, um, what message do you have for parents? that want to put their children in front of a doctor with a syringe or a nurse or a pharmacist with a syringe uh, to take a toxin into their child's body or to put it into their body when the FDA, which approved it under emergency authorization, has said out loud on camera that we don't know how safe it is. We won't know until we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. What message do you have for parents who are going to put their kids through that? I plead with them as a grandfather and a human being not to do this, to just refuse to do it no matter what. And and think about this. We're talking five and above. Go to the American Academy of Pediatrics website, Bob, and look at the Pfizer end-use authorization test being done to give this vaccine to children two and above. These people are evil. It's all about profit. I would bet you that many of the executives in these companies haven't touched this vaccine. Agreed. They are lying if they say they've had it. They totally know agree. exactly what's going on. They know totally exactly agree. And when they and when they put these shows on, I don't believe for one second that Joe Biden has taken one either. He's either taken right. uh, you know uh, uh, um, uh, you know sugar water or some sort of other just you know uh, uh, harmless right. syringe. He's not taking these things. I completely concur. They are not dumb enough to put themselves through this experimentation when the VAERS reporting service has shown over 17,000 people have died from them, for crying out loud. They want to dismiss that. They want to ignore that, just like they want to ignore the labels on the box that say this product does not provide protection against COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, And they think that we're dumb enough to follow. And sadly, they may be right. 
Yeah, which is why I'm not vaxxed and I'm not getting vaxxed. I'm the only U.S. Senate candidate that can say that. And I'm not suggesting that you don't get vaxxed or you don't wear a mask. But that's my choice. And I don't have a problem telling people that. Well, I'm I, not I, anti-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I go that I go a little further. I am anti-vax of this vax. I'm not anti every vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxer. I believe in the measles and the and, you know, and the and the and the polio and the, right. all that. Is, but those have been tested over the decades. This has been tested for right. ten months, and they admit that they don't know what's going to happen. Uh, that's why I'm anti this particular vax. I will respect right. anybody's choice to do it, but I will vehemently disagree with their decision. Uh, Mark Pakita, right. uh, thank you very much. What's your website, Mark, for your, for your candidacy? It's Mark the Number Four Ohio dot com. It's Mark the Number Four Ohio dot com. Thanks, Bob. Mark Pukita, thank you, sir. We'll be right back. All right, 1058, obviously, real short segment here to wrap it up. As always, thank you, Mark Pukita, uh, for your principles and your uh, your stand against this. You're, you're looking out for kids, and I, I know a lot of us are. I paraphrased that mask warning that I was telling you about on the side of the box of the, uh, of the surgical masks. Uh, here's the actual wording. This product is an ear loop mask. This product is not a respirator and will not provide against protect, I'm sorry, provide any protections against COVID-19, coronavirus, and other viruses or contaminants, end quote. That's legitimately what it says on the side of the boxes. And yet nurses and doctors and other virtue signalers are going to tell you, put one of these things that don't stop the virus that we're afraid of on so that you can protect us from the virus that we're afraid of. Wait, what? No, that's reality. That's literally what it says. Now, fact checkers on Facebook will tell you, well, that's not true. Um, yeah, it really says it, but um, you don't understand what it means. You see, what it really means is that, you know, um, it's really still safer than not having one, but um, it's just not as good as an N95 mask. No, it's not what it says. Because I'm reading all of that right now. It says directly, it does not stop COVID-19 or coronavirus. Stop the masking. Stop the forced vaccinations. We'll hit all of this more tomorrow. Be well, be safe, and let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.